name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I recorded this episode on Friday of last week, and it wasn't this episode. What I did was, for the first time ever in the What Sid Thinks podcast, uh, I had guests on. You might know them from my previous show or from their own kind of deals, but Jackson Long and Aaron Stuber from Thought for Food Lifestyle, buddies of mine from, from a few years ago now. So I had them on for a really nice conversation. Uh, Aaron was uh, in his closet and Jackson was on the, on a, sitting by a window on the other side of which was a lawnmower in full lawn mowing mode. It was epic. The new format I used was something called Squadcast, which sounded great and it was a disaster. So uh, after the entire conversation, Jackson only had about five minutes of what he did recorded and the rest was cut off randomly. I battled through that for about 30 minutes trying to edit something that sounded better than the Nixon tapes. Couldn't do it. Tossed out the entire thing. Mm. So apologies to those guys and they know I love them and I'm going to have them back on. They were going to be the very first guests on episode 109. How special is that, right? If you're thinking to yourself, what's about 109? There's nothing about 109. It was just random. I also thought that I was having a stroke on Saturday. Now, let me finish the story. Okay, so I'm officiating a wedding. You guys, if you don't know that about me, it's a, it's a thing that I do on occasion I, at the resort. Jeff Stanford is a minister, and so he does them. But on occasion, if he can't do them or doesn't want to, I am the backup minister, the second string, if you will, minister. So I did one of those online things. I've been doing it for years. I've done a bunch of weddings and they're, I have a good, I really like them. That's a, it's a, it's a positive thing. You know what I'm saying? In general. I mean, mostly I've never done a shotgun wedding. I've never had like a guy in overalls holding a gun saying, you better marry my daughter. Uh, and I am waiting because I would love to do that. That would be amazing. But until that time, so I'm officiating the wedding and, um, I signed the, the, uh, marriage license and we're down there and I usually have hand sanitizer around. I didn't for this, some reason. So I signed the license with my pen and then I was like, here, this pen, my hands were sanitized by the way, before I got down there. But I told them, I said, listen, the, the, this pen, I did sanitize my hands, but you, I don't know if you don't want to use this pen or whatever. And the photographer was there and she's like, oh, I've got sanitizer. And so she passed it around. I did a little bit. And that was it. Sign is great. Really nice couple. Great. I go back up to the inn and I'm like wrapping up stuff. I'm getting my stuff together and I start smelling um, strawberries and I, and I have this weird smell of strawberries and I'm like looking around. There's no strawberries anywhere. I like take my mask off and kind of smell my mask. No strawberries. And I'm going, I'm smelling. I didn't say this out loud. I would never admit to smelling strawberries like in any situation, but I in my head, I'm like, this is weird that I'm smelling something that defined in my head. And there was a moment where I was like, is there something going on? And it was about 10 minutes of me kind of getting in a car. Also, good call. If you think you're having a stroke, listen, you heard it here first, definitely get in a car and drive. Um, and I'm driving and I realize uh, 
finally, like about halfway home, I was like the freaking hand sanitizer. I don't think of it as scented because all the ones I use have just the alcohol and the thing and then that's it. Like there's no scent. This one did and it wasn't mine obviously. So that I finally was like, oh wait, I brought my hands to my nose and I was like, ah, freaking hand sanitizer. Thought I was having a stroke. This is, pandemic is making us crazy. It's making us a little crazy. We're a little on edge health-wise. We're so looking for symptoms uh, that it's it's making us a little crazy. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, Sid, a stroke, you? I mean, how would that even be possible? And you're sweet uh, for you saying and thinking that I'm a physical specimen and how could I have it? It's very kind of you, okay? And listen, I've lots of people have said I've got guns. I've got good guns. Look, I'm not going to, that's not, I didn't say that myself, okay? I know they're above average, but they're not Herculean, no matter what you guys say about my pies biceps. Uh, they're just slightly above average, okay? So even I am susceptible, no matter what people say about me, to a stroke. So much so that I thought I was having one. I was tooling around the news, which I'll do sometimes in the morning, and I leave the news. I just leave the news. I get in, I get out as much as I can. And I, there's a battle there. I'm not saying that. I, I will find myself checking. I've got that screen blocker thing because I need it. Because I'll go, oh, I might as well check the news. And then I'll go, I shouldn't. It blocks my screen. Mm. But I caught a little um, video that I'm so, so happy to have seen um, in Ireland because they're having um, demonstrations and protests against against mask wearing. And they interviewed this woman and this this kind of older woman, uh, Irish, and she goes, it's a crime against humanity. Wearing masks, making people, we're asking people to wear masks, a crime against humanity. That's exactly right, Irish lady. A crime against humanity. It's a crime against humanity. That's your thing. That is your thing. Take that to the grave. You Come on, you can change the world. That's your cause. Lock onto it, raise money, support it, get it going, because it is a crime against humanity. A crime against humanity. This uh, episode is called The Empty Shell Syndrome, and I, so I'm going to tie it into a parenting moment that I had. Um, oh, I guess I should do it. Let me, let me say thanks to everybody um, who Patreons me and uh, does whatever you do to support the work I do, whether that's leaving a review or uh, just coming here and listening or telling somebody, hey, you should check out that guy. Uh, thank you, okay? Thank you. Had a little Zoom Patreon hangout yesterday. Um, had a good time. Uh, just four guys, all guys. So we talked about, I think, I don't remember guys. You tell me if you're listening to this. I think it was like chicks and trucks because it was four guys. And that's what we talk about. We That's what we talk about. I don't really remember. My short-term memory is absolutely screwed. Um, in fact, you know what? Let me leave a note for myself. Eat more protein. Good for short-term memory. I got to write that down. Otherwise, I forget. Uh, so that was fun. So thanks for that. Okay, so teaching moment. My son got into a little uh, spat, if you will, with a, another guy who dropped out unsus- un, un, with no warning. Um from his Dungeons and Dragon group. Now, you know, if you've heard this podcast before and if you're coming here for the first time, <laughs> I mean, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry in advance. Uh, how I feel about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm very torn. I like the creative part of it. I like the social part of it. I don't like anything else about it. The That is just not my thing. This never has been my thing. And I've tried to be a very good parent by 
oftentimes, and I'll be transparent here, feigning interest in some sort of orc type sword, sort of how many numbers on a dice. I, it's all a, a, just a blur of nerdy sci-fi in fantasy and stuck in my brain. My brain can't process that stuff. And so it just, it just, it just like it decodes it and codes it simultaneously. Anyways. And so he got into a spat because some guy, some one of the kids just like dropped out unexpectedly and it, and it made my son really angry. And so they got in sort of a texting, chatting, online chat thing that their group does. And so he was very frustrated. And so my wife and I were like, listen, here's what we advise you to how you handle this. I know you're frustrated, but you know, let's. And so at one point he was like, well, I should be able to just chat and text him what I want. And I was like, yes, that's absolutely not true at all. No, that's absolutely not true at all. And I said, listen, our job, my job and my wife's job is to guide you in these things so that you can behave in line with who you are, which is your, this is your buddy of yours. So even though you're mad, you don't want to go into the insulting thing. You can express how you feel and say, listen, it, it, I'm angry about it. It was unfair and, and it's not cool what you did. And that's all good. Um, and so it was kind of this back and forth thing. And he was sort of like, you're, I can't believe you're like advising me on how to like write a text. And I'm like, yes, because you don't want to have this end because it will end and you'll be fine, which they are a day later. And they talked on the phone. That was the other thing. We moved him pretty quick off the text. It's like text can go south. It's like, okay, now, now set up a phone call and just get this done. It's three minutes. And it was, but you don't want to finish this thing and look back and go, oh man, I did not handle that the way that I wanted. So we, we sort of like, not sort of, I said, listen, I'm setting you up so that you can finish this and look back and go, okay, I got through that, expressed myself. I didn't have to hold back, but I wasn't insulting and I wasn't, you know, mean, disrespectful, if you will. And I remember, uh, Jeff was telling me, Stanford was telling me that he advised, somebody asked him, um, who was going through a divorce. And he said, listen, do whatever you do, picture yourself five years from now, looking back on how you handled it. Because if you do something right now that you're going to, you're going to have to live with that. And as pissed as you are, and you want to finish it off and all these kinds of things, just imagine yourself five years from now, looking back and going, okay, did I handle that respectfully? And, or did I just blow out my brain? And now I've got to deal with that guilt and regret. And it's like, you know, the, the divorce happened. It wasn't like the marriage was saved, but it was more like, okay, if this is divorce is happening, then let's make it happen in a way that is not, you know, nobody regrets their actions later. And I'm, sharing that with you guys. Cause that's just, a, it's a, it's all battle. I, um, I was talking to this couple who actually got married like a few years ago at the end and they wanted uh, as a favor to them. I, they couldn't be out here for their anniversary. They wanted to be. And so I did a little FaceTime with them and showed them the wedding garden and they were all, but she had read my book. She had read raising healthy parents. So she's like, I read your book and it's like, they're new, new parents. And that's kind of the battle of it, right? How do you yourself, uh, as a parent or, friend or whatever your relationship is, how do you act on your terms, even in heightened emotional states or in the parenting world, fatigue and, and, you know, stress, how do you kind of recapture that part of you that then can behave? So that's the, uh, parental teaching moment. I don't nail all those things, by the way. I just try to nail most. If I can nail, if I can win the day most days or win the moment, most moments, I'm, I'm good. I've gotten very good in my, um, advancing years at 52 years old with very little short-term memory. I mean, I just wrote down, eat more protein. I have no idea why. I don't remember the context of that. It was like four, four minutes ago. Um, 
but I've gotten very good at letting go of like just you miss one, miss a few. I just don't sweat that stuff. I mean, good Lord. It's like the idea of trying to nail it every single time is just exhausting and counterproductive, by the way, because it's extra stress that makes you screw up more. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. This I was just thinking about small stepper because the program's going well and I'm actually putting together a um, sort of an advanced small steppers intensive kind of program one-on-one. And I mean like one-on-one. So if you want to think about that, you can email me podcast at sidgarcihillman.com and we can set up a 15 minute free kind of like test the waters if this is good for you. It's three months just with me. I'm taking on no more than two people at a time, literally. But if you want to go like, yeah, game on because this is sick and I want to get this freaking done and done, then that's it. Okay. Is that vague enough? Good. The empty shell syndrome, and I didn't mean to announce that, but I just, I've been thinking about it because with the relaunch and everything else, it's like, it's all in my brain. That's what I've been working on lately with my marketing folks. Um, Okay. So anyways, the empty shell syndrome. So this, I want to be clear about this. This is not about politics. I, um, some guy one time, a a listener to this podcast was like, you know, I know we're on opposite sides of the political spectrum. And I was like, you might be surprised. And I know he assumed that I was a hippie and I'm like, dude, you see the hair or lack thereof. So what are you assuming with no dreadlocks in sight that I have any kind of political that you can make assumptions? That's not fair. That's stereotyping. Um, that's politicism, baldism, if you will, hairism, whatever. It's one of those isms. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of central. I'm, I'm, if, if I had to describe myself, I'd say leaning left, but, but sometimes moderate in some very ways and sometimes probably slightly right on some ways too. Um, I don't do parties. I'm not a, I'm not a joiner of those kinds of things, but I, so that's also there. But I want to be clear, this isn't about politics, okay? This isn't about politics. Now, if you're wondering, do I think Trump is a douche? Yes, I think he's a douche. But I don't necessarily, it's not on the political, I don't agree with most of his policies either because I think they're crazy, but that's not really what this is about. I didn't I didn't think George Bush was a douche. I thought he was a, a liar in many ways, but then freaking Obama fudged the truth all the time. Not as much as Trump, but you know what I'm saying. That's politics. Why don't we go into politics? Because you're forced to, you have to kind of fudge. That's kind of your thing. And, you, and sometimes it's necessary, but it's just, I don't want that part of that, that whole thing. I don't want, I don't want to be in that world. So, but anyway, so pre, so qualifying, this is not about politics. This is more about the taxes and the New York times um, report that now they're getting into sort of seeing the real picture of, of this president and financially and what he's been sort of using the office for and all these kinds of things. And that's, again, I'm not even really weighing on that also or either, but I'm going to say this because this is a philosophy and sort of an ethics kind of themed podcast, if you will. But the lesson here is this is what exactly what happens. This is the end game of what happens when you spend a life trying to fake it to create a myth about you and a perception about you over actually trying to be a person of ability. And then this is what, and this is the end game. And this is what you see a guy who literally can't sort of find a ground because he has spent too much of his energy and focus trying to create a myth around himself. And it's for, and the thing is it works 
for there are people who believe that who don't look deeper and sort of see through the veil and they go oh my gosh yes he's very successful and he's been he's incredible he's made he's a self-made man but for those of us who actually look five for five seconds longer you can see a guy who is is breaking down i mean he's he is breaking down the ability for him to be independent of mind is gone because he's spent his whole life not pursuing that and in in even in his physical if you look at him physically i mean the guy is like super unhealthy he's mentally all over the place the focus is like nuts he's misspeaks he's can't grasp that's what happens remember i tell you the body doesn't lie the body doesn't lie so whenever you say about yourself and all he's incredible and he has the focus if you've heard it is that he thinks that sickness is has the appearance of weakness and that you know the things that he's done like going out on the balcony soon after the coronavirus hit him and taking that mat that and standing up real it's the appearance of strength that his is is his concern the appearance of strength and that what that means to me is that he has no actual real understanding of what true strength is which is to admit when you need help by the way and also to do what is right on principle and to not put other people potentially in danger so you can drive in a car to show people how strong you are that is a dependent way of living your life that your happiness even though it doesn't exist really but your search for happiness is dependent on the response of others it is bouncing things into the world and seeing what comes back that is how people like this president live their lives and it's taking them it has destroyed them their relationships i mean if you look there's no getting around three marriages or whatever it is four marriage affairs it's like a picture of of just destruction and on a side note when somebody is on drugs like steroids and says i'm symptom free you're not fucking symptom free is one of my it's when somebody's on a cholesterol medication and they go my cholesterol is fine it chaps my hide and i've told you before i drink plenty of water so i hate when my hide gets chapped because it pisses me off when somebody goes my blood pressure's fine are you on meds yeah i'm on meds then your blood pressure is not fucking fine it's not fine by definition it is not fine okay that's like saying i'm totally relaxed i just smoked a joint yeah okay fine but you're not relaxed you're induced into relaxation that's different mm. i have plenty of energy i have so much energy i'm 60 and i have t- i have just a wealth of energy why is there a cocaine well i do lines of cocaine throughout the day is that is that what is it what difference does that make is that how they measure cocaine in lines i don't know i mean how am i supposed to know i'm as you guys say and i've heard people say this and i look i'm not going to agree just again, i'm a picture of physical health i'm a absolute model of physical that's what people say that's what people say so i don't need cocaine to give me energy throughout the day as i'm sipping on my guatemalan dark roast mm. Mm. it's the darker cocaine that's what i call coffee um so anyways a few episodes back i talked about how it's one of the biggest lies to sort of lay on somebody to go if you just believe in yourself you're gonna make it and you know tell you just believe in yourself and so I'm going to change my mind on that a little bit. And that is that it's actually true if you really understand what making it means. If you if you think making it means being successful because you own hotels because you had a $400 million loan and you owe a bunch of people money and you have and you can show certain things that you own and and so you have a facade of success, 
that's not good. You know, you can't guarantee that level of success just by believing in yourself. There's plenty of people who believe in themselves who don't achieve financial success, okay? But if you actually define making it as a happy, vibrant life, a life that you can look back and like when I was trying to teach my son and say, yeah, okay, cool. I did, I did that right. And that level of success, which I think is so much better, um, then yeah, I think believing in yourself, you're going to make it every time. I mean, if you believe in yourself and you work your ass off to be the best human you can, you will make it. Every every time, a hundred percent of times, you will make it if you def- And this is not lowering the bar. This is actually for me the reality of what it is to live a happy, healthy, happy life. Something I wish I had known and really defined, you know, twenty years ago. But neither here nor there. Fine. I mean, I'm now I'm fifty two. Think I'm having a stroke because I smell strawberries. Obviously, I've taken a few left turns. But if you actually define uh, the the truth of success and the truth of strength, what that really is. And how independent that is from other people's opinions of you, f- for instance, and also what you the material wealth that can be a side effect, by the way, of true success. It can be. And that's all great. I mean, if you've sort of most days been true to yourself and worked hard and developed yourself, and then the secondary effect happens that you actually strike financial wealth as a result of that, that's a great thing because then you can be the person you want to be and drive a 1969 Porsche 911 Turbo. Let's just look. I just threw that car out there. It has nothing, no relevance to me personally unless you are a Patreoner and want to buy me one of those. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to say no. If you can look back on your life and say, yeah, like that the advice that Jeff gave and look back and say, yes, I don't regret those actions, then you've won. You've won. I mean, that's the thing. If you can finish your life with your soul still intact, you've won. If you if it's if it's not about people thinking you're successful or people thinking you're wealthy, but about you knowing and being honest about whether you're successful and or wealthy in whatever forms those take, you've won. That's the that's the end game of this. And I just think it's an interesting sort of way, uh, 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 an example of what not to do if and this is a guy who is the president of the united states like the top office that's the big it's the biggest job you can apply for can we agree with that who's miserable who's miserable who is self-abusive who is so much in need of people's uh affection and people's um you know approval that he surrounds himself with just people who kiss his ass all the time it's miserable and i don't care that's his life i just care about the fact that it freaking affects other people and that, and people oftentimes in those situations want to take other people down because again, that's his fucked up kind of way of looking at the world of like winners, there's winners and losers, but boy, be careful because unless you really define those things, you're probably a loser. I wish I could write a better song. One that would make you love me. Wish I could write a better song One that would make
make you turn around One that would make you put your bags down Make your love 